You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mikey's Indie 500. I am your host, Mikey Man Freddy, and thank you all again for joining me on another lap on my race through the independent wrestling scene, where I'll be watching 500 independent wrestling matches in the year 2020. I'm so glad you're joining me on this journey. Let's get right into today's episode. First off, we have a match between Daniel Makabe and Timothy and Timothy Thatcher from 3-2-1 Battle. It is the rubber match between these two wrestlers. They have fought twice before. It is 1-2-1. This is one of the biggest feuds in 3-2-1 Battle history. These two absolutely beat the crap out of each other every time they meet. So, this match specifically... I haven't watched the rest of the trilogy yet, but I do plan to later in the line. I know I'm going kind of backwards starting with the rubber match, but here we are. So, these two are two of the most technical and versatile wrestlers I have ever seen. This match was an absolute grapple fest. These two were hitting transitions I've never even seen before. They were going back and forth, getting each other in different submission holds. Throughout this whole match, though, Thatcher was pretty dominant. Uh, he was doing some really good heel work. He was staying mostly silent and just beating the absolute crap out of Daniel Makabe. And if you like if you like two guys just getting to the mat and really locking up and showing off their technical prowess, this match is absolutely for you. You should totally watch it. In the end, in the end though, Daniel Makabe wins with the Makabe lock on Timothy Thatcher, making him tap out. Daniel Makabe ends up winning the series, two matches to one. This match was absolutely sick. There was a lot of technical wrestling. I never thought I'd be into a, a really heavy technical match. That's not really my style, but this match was great. I really felt the emotion in these two and how these two absolutely wanted to beat the crap out of each other, and it got me really into it, and I love this match. So I gave it four meatballs out of five. This match is great. You should go watch it if you get the chance. Daniel Makabe versus Timothy Thatcher. 3-2-1 battle. The date is 7-12-2019. This is the rubber match. It's so, so good. Next up, we have some Havoc in the ring. And by that, I mean we have Jimmy Havoc versus Jessica Havoc from Beyond Wrestling Lit Up. Uh, and if you do, if you guys remember, I did uh, review another match from this uh, same event. Uh, Beyond Wrestling lit up when I did Tony Storm versus Timothy Thatcher. I believe it was all the way back in my first episode of of uh, Indy 500. I I really liked Jimmy Havoc when I saw him in AEW, so I just had to delve a little deeper into his indie stuff and all of his uh, just to see what he uh, what kind of wrestler he is. And I've never seen Jessica Havoc before, uh, so this was really cool to see the two Havocs uh, go head to head. However, this match was pretty simple. Uh, nothing really crazy here. Uh, Jimmy Havoc did his stuff on the outside. You know, he got a little hardcore throwing, throwing, throwing Jessica into the barrier, hitting her off the stairs, blah, blah, blah. Jessica Havoc got her power in. This match was really nothing special between these two. Um, it was decent. I get, ended up giving it two meatballs 
out of five because, like I said, it wasn't very exciting. But it was a decent match between these two, and it was really cool to see these two lock up for sure, since they're both Havocs. Um, so yeah, if you if you if you like Jimmy Havoc, I think you'll like this match. Uh, if not, then it's probably not for you. So I don't know. Take it at your own prerogative. Watch it if you want. If not, also fine. Next up, we have a match from Black Label Pro from BLP Nine. We have Filthy Tom Lawler versus Warhorse. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen a Filthy Tom Lawler match. He is really cool. Uh, he's got he's a very he's very technical. He's got he's got some cool moves that he does here and there. I really like I really like his style a lot. I'm definitely gonna be watching more of him in the future. And of course, Warhorse is uh, one of is is really aggressive and really in your face style. Which I love to watch. Uh, Warhorse is really, really great. Uh, this match was okay. I really, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was, it seemed like a typical, like, oh, the heel dominates this match and then the face comes back. But then the heel ends up winning in the end. Uh, in the end, Filthy Tom Lawler ends up beating Warhorse, ends up beating Warhorse with a sleeper hold. And I gave this match three meatballs out of five. It was decent. There were some cool spots here and there. Uh... Nothing like it wasn't. It wasn't amazingly, amazingly exciting. But between these two, it was a decent wrestling match. So I'm going right in the middle of the road here. Three out of five meatballs. Um, yeah, watch, watch it if you if you like if you like Warhorse, you like this match. If you like Filthy Tom Waller, you like this match. These two definitely put on a good show for sure. Um, but it wasn't like a super crazy barn burner match. It was. It was just decent. Next up, we have a match from a promotion that I've never seen or heard of before. This is from Bizarro Lucha. Uh, this was my first foray into the Bizarro Lucha promotion. And we have Trip Cassidy versus Atticus Koger versus Dan Housen in a triple threat casket match. Now, this was a Halloween special episode, uh, I'm sure, because they all came out in costume. Atticus Koger came out as a uh, ghost. Trip Cassidy came out with pumpkin face paint, and Danhausen came out has came out as Stone Cold Danhausen. Uh, <laughs> he he came out dressed as Stone Cold, and he did the he did his stuff. He he did Stone Cold stuff. He would grab uh, jars of teeth and do the beer thing. It was really funny. I don't know why he carries so many jars of teeth. I guess that's something I have to look into. But Danhausen, where are you getting all these teeth? <laughs> Anyway, back to the match. This match was decent. I honestly couldn't believe I was watching a casket match in the year 2020. That was the most unbelievable part of this match to me. Uh, but these three guys, this this was just a fun match. Uh, they all got a little bit of their licks in. There was a part where Tequila just started randomly playing on the loudspeaker and Danhausen was just dancing and beating up Trip and Atticus for like out of nowhere. That was weird. Uh, I definitely wasn't expecting that. Uh, there was a part where... Uh, Trip Cassidy pulls out a bag, and everyone thinks there's tax in it, and he's really hyping it up, and then he pours it out, and it's just a bunch of candy corn, which is also great. But in the end, Trip Cassidy ends up winning when he uh, hits a tombstone onto Atticus Koger into the candy cane tax, quote-unquote, and throws him in the casket and closes it, uh, and ends up winning this match. Uh, this match was just really, really funny. It was really, really cool. Uh, I've never seen Dan Housen wrestle before. I've heard a lot about him. Uh, through Twitter, through uh, different podcasts. So I was 
I was excited to to dive into this match, and I really ended up liking uh, Trip and Atticus as well, who also did a great job in this match. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool. It was really interesting to see a casket match in 2020, and it was really cool to see all these guys dressed up and, like, celebrating Halloween and doing funny spots with candy corn and what have and teeth and what have you. Like I said, Danhausen, why do you have so many teeth? It's so weird, but I don't know. It's cool. Anyway, I gave this casket match three meatballs out of five. It was enjoyable. It was fun. It was. It wasn't anything wild. It was just kind of bizarre. Um, I enjoyed it. So next up, we have a match from Wrestle Circus, which is slowly becoming one of my favorite promotions. Uh, I really, really like the Wrestle. I really, really like Wrestle Circus and the matches they put on because they have a good mix of like comedy matches and like serious matches, and I really enjoy that. So next, anyway. Our match from Wrestle Circus is Leo Rush versus MJF, and this is Rush's this is Rush's last independent match in Wrestle Circus before he goes off to WWE, uh, or I guess 205 Live. He started off at, um, and MJF comes in and he is just strapped with gold. He has a he has like a hundred different titles on him, uh, but and this match is this match is for one of them. This match is for his CZW Wired title. Uh, and this match was great. This match was so, so good. These two are both incredible competitors, and they both put on a really, really sick show. Uh, and I'm sure MJF solidified himself as the most hated man in independent wrestling, which I thoroughly believe is true. He's definitely the most hated heel in wrestling right now, for sure. Not even just independent, just in general. There was a little bit of a bit where MJF, uh, was faking a knee injury, Spoilers, where MJF was faking a knee injury, uh, and he really committed to the bit. Like he got referees out there, he got doctors out there. He was hugging Leo Rush, telling him, "I'm sorry that I ruined them your last match." He was really like selling it really well, and then Leo Rush leans in to help him up to get him out of the ring, and he attacks. And he was playing possum the whole time, but like I didn't, I. I legitimately thought he was injured for a little bit the way he was playing it so well. He he got me. I got worked. And I I was like he's playing possum 100%, but I still got worked. That's how good he is. I was so I was so convinced he was injured after a little while. Um but the match continued after that uh and there was some crazy big spots. There was a big springboard cutter to the outside. There were some huge sequences between the two of these guys. They there was a Double KO. There was they were both down, getting counted out. Then it goes from a pin to a submit. There was big, huge spots in this match. But in the end, MJF ends up winning when he hits his pile driver using the ropes as leverage and pins Leo Rush one, two, three, and MJF wins the match. After the match, however, and uh, Leo Rush gives a nice emotional speech about how he's leaving, about how he's going to miss it, how he's going up to WWE. And then MJF grabs the mic, and he's like, damn, I respect you a lot. And he holds up his hand, and he's like, it looks like it looks like MJF is like really, really giving Leo Rush a nice send-off. And then, of course, he kicks him in the gut and just takes him out and continues being MJF. And, you know, because he's better than us, and we know it. In the end, I gave this match 4.5 meatballs out of 5 because the action was amazing. I was hooked. There were so many false finishes that I was really rooting for a wheel rush that that whole MJF spot worked the hell out of me. So I, I gave it another bump 
Uh, it was really, really fun. Really, really cool. Uh, really great match between these two. Uh, I highly suggest you watch it if you get the chance. It is free on YouTube, on the Wrestle Circus YouTube channel. Um, definitely get, definitely watch it when you get the chance. Leo Rush is insane, and it makes me angry just to. It makes me angry that he was just a mouthpiece for a while. I'm glad they're finally letting him shine again in NXT and go and while he's in the cruiserweight title scene i think i think he deserves it he definitely is an amazing competitor and i'm finally glad they're letting him fly next up we have a match from riptide wrestling and guys i love riptide riptide is so so cool if you get a if you have never seen a riptide wrestling match please watch a riptide wrestling match their camera work is second to none they make they make a wrestling match look like a movie. It's wild, and I it makes me want all wrestling to be to be filmed like that because it makes everything way more dramatic and it really heightens the emotion. Um, anyway, off my rant. Watch Riptide Wrestling if you can. This match was actually the 2018 match of the year between Mike Bailey and Kara Noir, and. This match was absolutely bonkers, and I could see why it won match of the year for sure. Karen Noir and Mike Bailey are two of the most athletic people I have ever seen in a wrestling ring. Probably ever. This match starts off, and like, five minutes in, I was already like, damn, this match is great. And there's still like 15 minutes left. Like, I was, I was barely into this match, and I was already like, this is going to be a good one. I'm already hooked. I couldn't take my eyes off this match. There was so many things happening. There was so many. There was so much great wrestling happening. There was so much great character work happening, and there was just so much good things about this match. The Riptide, the Riptide crowd also helped helped fill the emotion of this match, just like the camera work did. Uh, they're they're great. They're always on their feet. They're always chanting. They're always loud. They're always really feeling who they want to be feeling. They're chanting for who they want to win, and it's really. It really gets you hype on this match, for sure. It definitely helps. These two guys absolutely kick the crap out of each other. And when I say kick the crap out of each other, I mean literally kicked the crap out of each other. They they were giving each other the most furious, the most vicious, the most violent kicks I've ever seen between two competitors. They were just one right after the other, right after the other, back and forth, back and forth. They were just kicking the crap out of each other. It was so... So crazy to watch just how how good these guys are. Uh, there was a big, there was a cool point where Karen Noir like runs to the other rope and it and he knows that uh, Mike Bailey's chasing him. So instead of going into the corner, he jumps over the top and lands on the outside. And Mike Bailey just absolutely crashes and burns on the turnbuckle, which was really really cool. There was one point where they were just kind of licking each other's faces, which I know is Karen Noir's thing. And I thought it was funny that Mike Bailey threw it back at him, but then it kept going, <laughs> and the ref looked very confused. And dude, trust me, I feel that. After this insane match, after all these insane moves, after all these kicks, after all this vicious striking and all the licking, <laughs> Mike Bailey ends up winning this match with a shooting star meteora to the back of Kara Noir and getting the one, two, three. I gave this match five meatballs out of five guys. It was just so, so good. Every minute of this match was insane. Speedball Mike Bailey is somebody I need to get more into for sure, because he is absolutely bonkers at what he does. And he is 
so fast and he is so agile and he has such a cool and unique moveset and I'm really, really into Mike Bailey. So watch out for more of Mike Bailey in the future of Indy 500 for sure. I'll be reviewing more of his matches 100%. Next up, we have a match from OTT. We have Will Ospreay versus Matt Riddle at Scrapper Mania 4. And this is another banger of a match. These two absolutely destroyed each other. They are throwing insane sequences back and forth, reversing each other like crazy, reversing suplexes, reversing kicks, sliding under each other's clotheslines. You name it, they do it. Both of these guys are just so, so, so good at wrestling, so there was no doubt in my mind that this match was going to be absolutely insane. There was a lot of false finishes that really, really got me. There was a lot of really big feats of strength from Matt Riddle that really showed me how strong Matt Riddle really is, and he's not just a one-trick uh, submission pony. He is really, he really can do it all. He can do some high-flying stuff. He can do some submission stuff. He does striking really well. He can throw you across the ring if he wants. Matt Riddle's a great all-around wrestler, and Will Ospreay is just great. <laughs> As you know, uh, through my journey of Indy 500, I've been getting deeper and deeper into being a fan of Will Ospreay and his matches and just seeing how good he is. In the end of this match, Will Ospreay ends up winning with a spinning neck suplex into a neck breaker. I don't even know what it was called, but the move was wild. I've never even seen him do it before, uh, but it was really, really cool, and Will Ospreay ends up winning this match. I gave this one five meatballs out of five. I gave this match five meatballs out of five. Because it was just so awesome. The action never stopped. These two just kept going at each other and at each other and at each other. And there was not even a minute to breathe. These two just absolutely took each other to the to the farm and back beating each other. It was crazy. Highly recommend this match. OTT, Scrappermania 4, Will Ospreay, Matt Riddle. Free on YouTube, just like all my matches. So if you want to watch along with me at home, you can. It's great. These matches are... Most of these matches are so, so good. And you won't regret watching them. Next match is my first ever match I have seen the wrestler known as Zack Sabre Jr. at Rev Pro Wrestling versus Jeff Cobb defending his undisputed British Heavyweight Championship at Rev Pro Uprising. It started off with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. trying to get Jeff Cobb into a bunch of holds, but he really can't because Jeff Cobb keeps powering out because Jeff Cobb is fucking huge, as we all know. Um... It's really hard to out-technical a guy who can just throw you across the ring whenever he wants. So it was it was, it was was mostly Cobb controlling this match. Um, and it's really sick because Jeff Cobb, he can, also, he can throw you across the ring. But then seconds later, he, he'll hit you with a standing moonsault or a standing shooting star press. And that is terrifying to me. A man who could do both of those things, who could be that powerful and that agile, is scary. Uh... And it makes her a really good, uh, a really cool wrestler, a really cool, versatile wrestler. And I really like watching Jeff Cobb at work. I really do. However, the person who didn't impress me in this match was Zack Sabre Jr. He was getting dominated most of this match. And I, didn't, I know he has a really high rep. He has a really good reputation and he's really good. And he, I've heard he's really good. But this match didn't, didn't sell him, didn't sell me on him. Uh, he kind of kept doing some moves. Like he, like, he would get a move in here and there. He would try to get a hold in. He would try to get some technical stuff in. He would get some kicks in. But like I said, Jeff Cobb kind of ran this match. And then at the end, Zack Sabre Jr. just kept penalty, kick him, kept penalty kicking him until Jeff Cobb went down. 
and it was just the same move over and over and over again to finish it, which was weird. The ending felt wrong for a title match. I didn't really like it that much. Um, I wish he did more than just kicking Jeff Cobb over and over and over again. Even the crowd started to turn on him after a little while because there was just so many kicks, and it just was like, okay, we get it. Like, you're kicking him. And Jeff Cobb would get up, and he would kick him again. And then Jeff Cobb would get up, and he would kick him again. And then Jeff Cobb would get up, and then he would kick him again. It's like, okay, do another move, please. And then after that, it just ends? Like, I don't know. We, I, I was getting tired of seeing the kicks, and then when I was finally like, oh, thank God, the kicks are over. Let's see some more wrestling. The match was just over. I uh, wasn't a fan of that. Uh, I gave this match two and a half meatballs because it was fine. Um, like I said, Zack Sabre Jr. didn't impress me. It was kind of just a weird way to end the match, and it was weird that Jeff Cobb was dominating this whole match, and then Zack Sabre Jr. can just hit a few kicks and win. I don't know. I wasn't sold. Uh, it was fine. I gave it two and a half meatballs. Uh, if you want, go watch it. If not, you're not really missing missing out. Next up, we have one of the most hardcore wrestling matches I have ever seen. We have Joey Janela versus David Starr from Beyond Wrestling in a no-ropes barbed wire match at American Rana 2018. If you don't know what a no-ropes barbed wire match is, picture a wrestling ring, but they take off the ropes. And then they replace the ropes with barbed wire. Yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, These two absolutely beat the ever-loving crap out of each other. They were throwing each other into the barbed wire, cutting each other up. They Joey Janela brought out a stable gun and stabled, stabled an 8x10 to, of, I think it was Scott Steiner, to the head of uh, David Starr. It was, just, it was just brutal and violent. And when they get thrown into those barbed wire ropes and you watch the way the barbed wire gets caught in their skin, it's it makes your, it made my stomach churn, for sure. I was just like, oh, I was cringing the whole time I was watching it. Uh, they, they both ended up just like an absolute bloody mess uh, by the end of it. There was a point where Penelope Ford gets involved and takes a big barbed wire bump herself, which was something I never expected to see. But that was rough to watch because she was really, really stuck in there. Uh, and while the match continues going on, after Penelope Ford takes that bump, there's a big spot where David Starr grabs Joey Janela and hits it with a big Russian leg sweep out of the ring and through a barbed wire board of wood, and they're just stuck in that tangle of barbed wire. Penelope Ford is stuck in that other in the other tangle of barbed wire, and she's just screaming in pain, begging people, begging people to get her the heck out of the barbed wire. Everyone's hands were shaking. My hands were... I wasn't even in this... Ma- I wasn't even going through the barbed wire and my hands were shaking. I was just so worried. I could barely, like, write my notes for this match because my hands were just trembling watching it. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, there was one point where David... Where the ref gets knocked out and David starts pitting Joey Janela and then the second ref comes and stops it too. Because he has, like, a personal vendetta against David Starr, I guess. I, I don't know. They, these two look like they, they had history, and I, I wasn't sure what it was. Um, if anybody could tweet that at tweet it, tweet it at us uh, and enlighten us at Hit the Books Pod, please do. Because I was a little confused by that, but I'm sure there's some story point there that I'm missing. 
Um, anyway, in the end, David Starr ends up winning this match when he hits Joey Janela with a pile driver onto Cinderblocks and gets the one, two, three. I give this match four point five out of five meatballs because uh, it was it was awesome and gruesome. It was really, really cool. It was really, really great to watch these two put their bodies on the line like this, and I really respect the hell out of them for it. But I was also sick to my stomach watching it because of the crazy shit these two did to each other. Uh, You could tell they absolutely, in storyline-wise, you could tell they absolutely hated each other. And it was insane to watch all this emotion come out in this violent, aggressive, hardcore way. And to watch what these guys were willing to do to each other. It was really something special. Um, But like I said, it made my stomach churn a lot. But I still respect the hell out of these guys for putting themselves through that. I gave this match four and a half meatballs because I it hooked me in. It reeled me in like a big fish. I was enthralled. Uh, I couldn't I could I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was just crazy, crazy, crazy all the way through. So four and a half meatballs out of five. This match is a little harder to find because it's part of a bigger pay per view, which is also free online, which is on Beyond Wrestling's YouTube account. Um. It's part of a pay-per-view, like I said, American Rana 18. They have the full show on there for free, and it's the main event. So if you just fast-forward to the end, you'll see it. But if you also feel like watching the whole thing, there's some other good matches on that card uh, that I would also recommend watching, but we'll get to those in later episodes. And like I said, four and a half meatballs out of five. Great match. Crazy stuff happening. If you like hardcore matches, you'll love this for sure. If if you're squeamish, I (laughs) I would not watch this. Uh, It was rough. And our last match of the night, I wanted to go a little more lighthearted after the hardcore bloodbath I just saw between Joey Janela and David Starr. I wanted a little comedy. I wanted a little bit more lighthearted wrestling. So we have the world's cutest tag team, Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan versus John Morrison and Taya Valkyrie from Wrestle Circus, Circus Mania. I gave this, uh, this match was a match. It was good. It was funny. It was a comedy wrestling match. There was so many gimmick body parts. Like I was like, I expected that with Joey with uh, Joey Ryan, because I was like, yeah, you know, Joey Ryan's thick. It's the most popular thing in wrestling. Obviously, it's gonna be there. But then also, they were playing up uh, John Morrison's abs, and they were also playing up Taya Valkyrie's ass. So it was like weird. There was a lot of gimmick body parts in this match. A lot of stuff to stay away from. And then there was Candice LeRae, who was just like. Yeah, I'm an awesome wrestler. I'm here to wrestle. And everyone's like, John Morrison's like, I'm going to grind your face on my abs. And I don't know. It's crazy. It was crazy to watch for sure. I really wish Candice LeRae saw more action in this match because she was really, really good when she did come in the ring. Uh, I, I, She's so, so good. And I can't wait to review more of her matches because I love watching her wrestle. But whenever she's in, I feel like Whenever I see her in a tag team match, she always gets the least amount of time in the ring, and it sucks because I know because whenever she is in the ring, she's amazing, and I love watching her do her thing. So I'm definitely gonna in, uh, in, uh, review more Ken- just Candice LeRae matches in the future. But right now, this match, there was a bunch of crazy spots. There was one point where John Morrison takes his whole ass out and hits Joey Ryan with a move. There was a, there was of course the dick flip after the. The the crotch suplex. There was a boobplex. It was this match was just it was a Joey Ryan match. You you know what you're getting into when you watch a Joey Ryan match. But they're always fun to watch anyway because there's always something. There's always some. There's always some new little twist they put on it. 
which I really, really like. Uh, this match left me with some questions for sure. When Joey Ryan's doing his super kick, how much multiplier does the, the lollipop from his trunks add to the damage? Like, it has to add something, right? It can't just be like a regular super kick damage. There has to be some multiplier added, some damage multiplier added to make it more effective when they have the lollipop in their mouth. And also, is Joey Ryan the most powerful wrestler in wrestling? Because he is immune to the one thing that the most powerful wrestler, Brock Lesnar, is immune, is weak to, which is a dick shot. Nobody can touch that or else they're hurt. So Joey Ryan's immune to the one thing that Brock Lesnar is weak to. Can Joey Ryan beat Brock Lesnar? Probably. <laughs> anyway, this match ends when Candice LeRae hits a top rope neckbreaker onto Taya Valkyrie and pins her 1-2-3. I gave this match three point three and a half meatballs out of five. It was really fun. It was really cool. Uh, Taya Valkyrie looked a little green, but she, she sold well, definitely. She sold a lot of moves well. Um... And John Morrison kind of carried her throughout the match, but that 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 was all right. It it didn't really affect my uh, didn't really affect the match for me because like it it was a Joey Ryan match. It was supposed to be a comedy match. It was it was more acting and uh, selling than actual wrestling. So I wasn't it wasn't really like affected by it that much. Uh, so it was it was still fun to watch, and I gave it three three and a half meatballs. Uh, Ty's greediness didn't take that much away from this. So if you're into Joey Ryan and if you're into Joey Ryan matches, this is one I recommend because uh, it's just really funny. It's really cool. It's really just fun, fun, enjoyable wrestling for you to watch. And that wraps it up for the sixth lap of Mikey's Indy 500. We are 60 matches in. We are just getting started, folks. We got... 60 down, 440 more to go throughout the year 2020. I can't wait to continue my journey with you. I cannot wait to watch more wrestling. I cannot wait to get into more wrestlers. And I can't wait to hear your suggestions. Uh, so send your suggestions into at hit the books pod using the hashtag HTB500 on Twitter. And let me know which independent wrestling matches I should watch next, which ones I should review. I will shout you out on the show if you see, if you send one in, I would really appreciate it if you did. And also, every Friday, tune in to this podcast feed right here for my main show, Hit the Books. Uh, me and me and my co-host, Ryan Knightsey, every Friday, we book SmackDown Live. We do our own card. We have our own matches. We make our own promos. We book it he- top to bottom, two hours, SmackDown on Fox every week. Um... So yeah, tune in there if you're into fantasy booking for sure. And uh, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Mikey's Indy 500. Thank you all again for joining me on another lap on my race through the independent scene. I'll see you next time as we take one more lap closer to that checkered flag. See ya!